Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of Come Follow Me, A Disciple's Journey. This episode will cover 3rd Nephi chapter 28. So, Christ still with the uh, disciples, following his uh, talking with them about the power of his name and the, the name of the church, um, and several other things as well in chapter 27. Uh, and he says, all right, what is it that ye desire of me uh, that after I am gone to the Father? So what do you want me to give you uh, when I leave? Uh, ask yourself that question. If the Lord asked you one question, uh, or one question, if he asked you what you desired, how would you answer that question? Um, I think if you go back in Third Nephi, uh, remember that the disciples were praying for that which they desired most, and it was the Holy Ghost. And now he's saying for them specifically, like, what do you want me to give you? What gift do you want me to give you? So what we know is that nine of them said, hey, we want to um, just live until a good old age and then come immediately into your presence without dying. And so he says, okay, and the other three are a little shy, you know, they're a little embarrassed about what they want to ask for. Um, it says they sorrowed in their hearts for they durst not speak unto him the things which they desired. And I think, you know, asking yourself what you desire is interesting here because these, these three didn't expect that question probably. And when they first thought it, they were like, ooh, okay, yeah, well, that's, that's what I want. But then the other nine say, "This is I wanted to live my life until I die and then come to you. And they're like, ooh, maybe that was, am I, am I wrong that I want something different than that? And Christ, knowing their thoughts, it says to them, Behold, I know your thoughts, and you have desired the thing which John, my beloved, who was with me in my ministry before that I was lifted up by the Jews, desired of me. So they wanted to not die. They wanted to stay on the earth and tarry on the earth and be able to just continue in his work until the second coming. So Prophet Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery uh, were uh, received specific revelation from the Yerman Thummim, through the Yerman Thummim, uh regarding the, the blessing, this type of blessing, and, and specifically John. Um, and if we go to the Doctrine and Covenants section 7, that's where we get that. Uh, and so we know that John the Beloved, John the Revelator, so the book of John, the book of Revelation, that John, um, Peter, James, and John, that John, he desired the same thing and was gifted the same thing and granted the same thing, to tarry on the earth until the second coming. But we only know that from, uh, we know that because of modern revelation, section 7 of the Doctrine and Covenants. So in verse 9, he says, You shall have no pain uh, while you should dwell in the flesh, neither sorrow save it be for the sins of the world. And all this will I do because of the thing which you have desired of me. For ye have desired that ye might bring the souls of men unto me while the world shall stand. And for this cause you shall have fullness of joy. This phrase, fullness of joy, why are they going to have, why are they going to have fullness of joy? Because of their work in bringing souls to Christ. So a few thoughts here. If we flip to section 18 of the Doctrine and Covenants, this same type of idea uh, is shared. It says, 
Remember, the worth of souls is great in the sight of God. For behold, the Lord your Redeemer suffereth death in the flesh, wherefore he suffereth the pain of all men, that they all men might repent and come unto him. And how great is his joy in the soul that repenteth. Wherefore you are called to cry repentance unto this people. And if it so be that you should labor all your days in crying repentance unto this people, and bring, save it be one soul unto me, how great shall be your joy with him in the kingdom of my Father. And now if your soul will be uh, or sorry, if your joy will be great with one soul that you have brought in, into the unto me into the kingdom of my Father, how great will be your joy if you should bring many souls unto me? Their joy is going to be full because of bringing souls to Christ. Ministering brings joy. Think back to thirty five, chapter seventeen. Christ uses the same phrase. He says, "My my joy is now full." How did he get that fullness of joy? He got it because. He was ministering to these people and praying for them. And uh, that ministering, that the act of ministering, the act of uh, service and blessing them is what brought him joy. And these these three uh, disciples, are, he, he promised them, and for this cause ye shall have a fullness of joy. Uh, and even as the Father hath given me the fullness of joy, and you shall be even as I am, and I am even as the Father, and the Father and I are one. He says, and what what brings that though? What brings it's because of their covenants, and it's because of them helping other people make covenants. So they then, um, and it says in verse 12, they came to pass that when Jesus had spoken these words, he touched every one of them with his finger, save it were the three who were to tarry, and then he departed. And behold, the heavens were opened, and they were caught up into heaven, and saw and heard unspeakable things. For it was forbidden them that they should utter them. So they, the heavens are open, and whether they were in the body or out of the body, it says, there was, it was like a transfiguration, and it says, they were changed from this body of flesh into an immortal state that they could behold the things of God. So there was a change that came over all of them so that they could behold the, the things of God. I point that out because of the word change, and what is the word change related to? Repentance. Uh, President Nelson has talked about this uh, quite a bit. Uh, the word repent from the Greek. Uh, if you read uh, the Bible dictionary, it means a fresh view of oneself and of God. Changing freshness, right? But President Nelson has taught us that it's a change in the way that we breathe, the way that we see things. It's a it's an essential change. It's an, and it's a change to our I mean, if you say even the way that we breathe, as President Nelson has said, and the way that we see, that that denotes to me a, f- a, t- a change to our body. And if we're having a change to our body, maybe it's similar to this change that these disciples had. They were changed from this body of flesh into an immortal state that they could behold the things of God. Now, are we transfigured? No, but we do have to experience that change. And it comes, that change comes, not necessarily from seeing the things of God, but it comes so that we can behold the things of God. And after these disciples saw these things, they experienced this change and they were able to see the things of God. It affected the way that they then see the rest of the world. It affects the way that they uh, see their fellow men. It affects their own will, I would imagine, right? Their things have changed and their will will be in line with the fathers. And what does that give them? Well, it says, And it came to pass, thus they did go forth among the people of Nephi, and did preach the gospel in Christ unto all people upon the face of the land. And they were converted unto the Lord, and were united into the church of Christ. 
And thus the people of that generation were blessed according to the word of Jesus. Uh, later it says that their desire may be fulfilled and also because of the convincing power of God which was which is in them. Uh, the convincing power of God. They, these people, the, the people that they went and taught had this change. They were joined to the church of Christ and their, their generations were blessed. And it starts with the disciples having this cha- this changing experience where they then see the things of God. When we repent and we see the things of God, it c- brings power. Repentance brings power. Repentance is power. That change allows us, as I've said, to see the things of God. And when we see things from his way and his perspective, it gives us a power to help others repent and change and see things in that way. Uh, the last thing I wanted to just briefly touch on from 3 Nephi 28, there's a, lot, there's a bunch more in here, but just some of the things I wanted to uh, mention is just this, the ideas between uh, translated beings, transfigured beings, and the resurrection. So uh, a translated being is are persons who are changed so that they do not experience pain or death until the resurrection to immortality. So the three disciples, they were translated, okay? Transfiguration is a condition of persons who are temporarily changed in appearance and nature that is lifted to a higher spiritual level so they can endure the presence and glory of uh, heavenly beings. So back in, so in 35 chapter 28, verse 15, there's a transfiguration. Moses, to behold God and be with him and talk face to face with him, would have had to have been transfigured. Now, resurrection is the reuniting of spirit and body with the physical body of flesh and bones. After the resurrection, the spirit and the body will never be separated and the persons will be uh, will become immortal. So that's the final uh, permanent state is, is resurrection. So that's the difference between translated transfiguration and uh, the resurrection. Uh, thank you for joining me in this episode. Hope you enjoy your studies so far this week. Uh, next episode, we'll cover chapters 29 and 30. They're both uh, pretty quick, short chapters. Chapter 29 is nine verses. Chapter 30 is uh, a whole two verses. So we'll cover those in the next uh, episode. I hope you'll join me, and thank you for listening.